0: Great question, (laughs) something very close to my heart, right? Uh, You know, about the topic and I will say, why I say this, smaller businesses, when we talked about all the accelerated compressed transformation, right? That is for the big businesses. Smaller businesses ability to change is much, much bigger than the big corporation. All the things that I mentioned probably are more applicable Uh, you know, uh, uh, to the smaller businesses, right? Uh, Because the bigger businesses will take time to kind of, uh, 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 to really plan out uh, the super-compressed transformation. You've scanned the headlines, read the articles, and liked the posts. Now listen to the experts themselves in the Future of Work podcast, presented by allwork.space. Are you ready?
1: Manish, welcome the Future Work podcast of all Space, Manish Sharma is the Group Chief Executive Officer for Accenture Operations. In his role, he oversees Accenture's comprehensive portfolio of operations services across business functions such as finance, procurement, supply chain, marketing, and sales, as well as industry-specific services such as banking, insurance, health services. He leads a team of over 145,000 professionals charged with developing, selling, and delivering intelligent operations to drive transformational value and productivity for their clients. Manisha is also a member of Accenture's Global Management Committee. You've been a very busy person for a lot of years with Accenture, uh, so we're really grateful to you for being able to join us uh, today, Manisha.
0: Thank you, Frank. Thanks, thanks for having me with you. Uh, you know, it's always fun. Uh, and, I, you know, uh, you just made me feel very comfortable.
1: Uh, well, that's my whole, uh, my whole purpose in life is to make people feel comfortable. Uh, uh, so I'll start off by working with our audience a little bit uh, and hopefully getting them comfortable with, with some imp- important information we can share with them. You, know, you have seen an awful lot in your career your tenure at, at and over the last 36 months how would you compare that with the past 20 years
0: so i think first of all i think uh, frank i would like to say that it has been a fun journey you know I, I i know you're this is 27 years for me now and it has been fun fun journey You know, really had uh, all kinds of experiences, Uh, you know, while you say experiences, I say a lot of blue and black marks because of all the experiences that, you know, the same industry, so you kind of know this, but I would say that, you know, the navigating the challenges of the pandemic has really expanded our capacity for change. You know, what was once expected to take place slowly, right, over a number of years, now is compressed into shorter time frames. The composition of workforces, some significantly altered, right, has resulted in some shifts becoming permanent as a result of hybrid and remote work. And I'll give you some data points, right? Accenture's, we did a research, right, and we found that before the pandemic, executives across the C suite. Estimated 19% of their workforce on average was permanently working in a remote fashion. Now that figure actually sits much more closer to one third of the workforce. That is one. The second one I'll say is this has opened a new era, which none of us have seen of compressed transformation. Supply chains have been restructured. Work that we assumed required being in office has been reimagined. Productivity as we know now thrives virtually. I never thought about that, right? Now we are doing everything in a virtual world. But also the last point i make here is this crisis has also exposed what's the art of possible. The organizational response to the crisis showed that every systems and processes that is historically, you know, uh, they proved hard to move were transformed or accelerated. And we are now at an inflection point where sustaining growth will be defined by those who create value faster and maximize the impact of these investments, Frank. So that's kind of my summary. Super compressed transformation is the way to go.
1: Well, you only made about 15 very important points there. Uh, so I want to I want to thank you for that because I I think that you're right that acceleration um, it's sort of like you don't know how fast you can run until you until you start running and okay. uh, most of the companies in the world and particularly government uh, was just walking slowly enjoying the view and all of a sudden we started running. And we found out how fast we can go. In fact, I don't think we have found how fast we can go yet. I think we're just learning that. I think we're just on, on the beginning of that overall. So I think that that's an important point. We deal with a lot of a large global uh, Fortune uh, 500, even 150 companies <clears throat> uh, uh, overall and have for, for decades. And uh, one of the things that we we kind of joke about a little bit is that the, the, this quick story about the CEO and the CFO uh, in the middle of the pandemic, walking through the corporate headquarters together, and they're walking down the, the aisle of empty desks and empty offices. And uh, the CEO says, wow, it's all empty. And the CFO looks at him and you've been there says, yeah, but the company's doing great. <clears throat> And then the CFO, they both start laughing. He says, we don't need all this stuff anymore. And we realized, and, and take this interaction, you and I have never met before. And yet, we're absolutely comfortable meeting virtually. And I know if we did meet in person, we would have a warm greeting. We would instantly be able to do anything we needed. And there wouldn't be any of the typical sizing up the Executives do sometimes the first time they meet in person. Oh yeah. Oh, how tall are you? Well, oh, nothing matters anymore. And I think that's the beauty of what we've learned and what you uh, have been accomplishing at Accenture. You know, um, you 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 mentioned uh, uh, remote work and you mentioned hybrid offices. Uh, these are terms that are bandied about by everybody these days. But very few people can put a good definition to it. So why don't we try right now, you take the lead on it. What's your definition of remote work? And what's your definition of a hybrid office?
0: So uh, uh, let me kind of put it like, I think at Accenture, right? Flexible and hybrid workforces don't just relate to location. That's point number one. Right. We truly believe that skills are an important part of any hybrid workforce. So, what this enables is for employees to be truly flexible and work in environments most conducive to their needs while building their skill sets for more opportunities in the future. Right? And I think in this, uh, the leaders really need to ask their employees what they are most comfortable with in flexible work models while prioritizing the continuous learning and the new skills development, Frank. Because, you know, it is so important that we ask what works for them. I think what should the organizations be addressing? I think organizations must also address how the blend of humans and technology has dramatically changed certain rules and will continue to do so in the future. And we are already seeing this happening because I want to bring it to light with some examples which are commonly uh, uh, related. There is retail associates, once serving clients in a brick and mortar stores are now straddling online and offline responsibilities as the store is now a hub for curbside pickup. Responsibilities have changed Required skills have evolved and business leaders must think about the implications of this new role. We are also working with a telecom leader, right, uh, on a role-based model. Functions of each job dictates if they are on-site, at home, or hybrid with the ability to flex and adapt at as the situations change, right? So, you know, my, my thing will be, it is very flexible. When you talk about hybrid workforce, flexible workforce, and it is not related to location. Breaking the linkage from location will be, I think the way forward on this, uh, Frank.
1: Well, you know, in the past, and this gets into great resignation issues uh, uh, as well, but in the past, all these decisions and definitions um We're from the top down. And today, I think an awful lot of what's happening in remote work and in how we look at all of our job functions is really being driven from the bottom up. Um, and it's, uh, uh, a recognition by managers, uh, and an empowerment by managers, of course. But I think that the, 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 the people, if you will, if you can use that term from the bottom up of every organization are saying here's how I can be most productive and they're creating these new models i think even more than management is
0: completely completely agree with that it is an empowered uh, you know uh, 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 i would say organization uh, empowered folks uh, deciding how what works best for them and I think the point I will reiterate, uh, you know, Frank, on this is that continuous learning and skill development has to be an integral part of whatever we do. If you lose that, and it is just the current work that people are doing, there will be a fatigue which will set in, right? And that is why this important of hybrid workforce, flexible workforce, but continuous development, continuous learning has got to be a theme uh, as we go into the future of work.
1: How how do you think that uh, hybrid work, uh, certainly it changes the physical space uh, where people work um, and how they work uh, overall? How do you see? Um, I guess I'll say in the past, all corporations seem to have built monuments to themselves in the form of giant edifices with their names on it, where people congregated and strove to move up the elevator to the executive suite. Um, how do you see that model working in the future? Um, uh, or do you think that's even important anymore?
0: So, I think the big uh, artifices that you are mentioning, probably, you know, uh, they will have to be relooked at. I personally believe that all the monuments and everything else, they will become innovation centers. They will become incubation centers, where people will come together to ideate about new things. They will become where learning is important so rather than offices i think all of this what you're going to see is conversion of offices into innovation centers you know incubation centers reskilling centers rather than people sitting in their offices and trying to do something what are you going to do in those monuments is important and i think that is where i think it is about incubation innovation which will actually force the pace uh, of this monument frank
1: no i I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think the, the purpose of bringing people together is not to work, but it is to create. Uh, and that, that uh, the way offices and the way buildings and the way HR departments will have to work in the future is going to deal with that. But using HR as an example, um, HR departments um, have been slow to come up with any sort of good a group-wide or system-wide, enterprise-wide uh, technology to help manage this structure. And uh, I, I would position, I would say, if 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 I were out, the, that they already have one. They just aren't using it well. Um, we are none of us are occupiers anymore. I, I'm going to assume that you're in your residence today. Uh, I'm in my residence today. We are not office occupiers and I'll use you and I as good examples we are travelers everybody is a traveler today, whether it's global regional local. Um, uh, within their own city um, we office in three or four or five different uh, facility types and doing different types of work and functions so. I would say that the travel management systems that companies are used to using are really the ideal systems, with some modification, to use by the HR departments to manage all of the flexibility needed in remote work. And yet nobody's doing that. They're all trying to reinvent something, and yet they have something that manages this process, manages all the contracts, all the people, all the expense management. They're already used. To What's your thought of that migration?
0: So I would say that, you know, organizations that create strong relationships, Frank, between technology and people, right? And enabled by new skills and ways of working are better positioned for future growth, and I will repeat, strong relationship between technology and people enabled by new skills and ways of working. Now, practically speaking, the longevity of skills is different than it once was. Yesterday, the lifespan of a skill was 15 to 20 years. Today in a digital world, skills (laughs) last only for three to five years at max. Yeah, exactly. And and the future ready organizations, they recognize this by creating a culture of continuous learning you know, both to help their employees, and also, right, to kind of, not just to keep them in their new roles, but keeping pace as the work evolves, right? And they must also ensure that they improve their skills equitably. Some employees, particularly those who are focused on transactional tasks, will need to be differently skilled to either succeed in their workforce or in the community at large. And it's some data points, right, two thirds, 70%, uh, roughly, of workers, they agree a a culture of continuous learning, whether it is training, skills, education, helps them meet their potential. And I think one example, right, is our future skills pilot that, you know, we are doing with Unilever and Walmart that, that builds reskilling and redeployment pathways to ensure workers are productive. And employable as, you know, we are looking at the labor market transforming around them, right? The program in collaboration with the World Economic Forum, right, is rooted in the idea that no one company can fully manage the scope of workforce transformation in today's uh, post-digital era. I think in addition, I think we are seeing changes to the ways of working is a significant expansion to the current hiring pool, right? With remote working, some of the employee, potential employees are open to opportunities that they may never have considered in the past. They would have never done that, right? The new talent is available from any part of the country, mm-hmm. even the world in some respects. And the HR departments will need to find a balance between hiring current available talent and building its own to develop a very strong hybrid workforce culture to really support transformation. Frank.
1: Well, you know, uh, it, it, it's interesting. I completely agree with you, by the way, um, that and, and recognize that skills learning in the past used to be very job specific and now skills is very individualistic uh uh the the way that we need to learn uh and, and we le- need to learn things beyond our pure job skills uh a, a lot of interaction uh, going on but also today um borders don't matter as much um we can hire anyone anywhere anytime that has the skill in the world And the beauty of that is not only to the company, but it's less disruptive to the individual. Uh, We have people scattered all over the world as you do. And we don't tell someone, oh, in order for you to do this job, you need to move to New York City, Uh, uproot your family, do this, do that. And we have to have all these expenses. Only we just say, oh, what time zone are you in? Okay, well, here's the four other time zones you're going to work in. And that's it. And then we're all connected and we all work on the same system. You, you guys do a lot of the same thing. I know And this is one of the beauties of the technologies that we're able to use today, but it's also part of the mindset culturally. You don't have to look at somebody or be sitting next to them or have them in the corporate headquarters to have meaningful, productive environment for them to work um I, I think that's a, a critical change that all of us are are getting used to and some of us uh, are leading at uh, uh overall um, i think as you look into the future of work what do you think 2025 2030 is going to look like we have uh, uh you know big conference going on in glasgow with a lot of 2030 uh, 2050 uh, different dates out um that are telling us all the changes that the politicians of the world think we should be making for our own good. Um, uh, they believe, um, uh, how do you think the future of work will look in those same time periods, considering some of those changes?
0: So I think, um, uh, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time kind of thinking as to what, how it will look like. So a great question, Frank, right now, we all know that technology signs the brightest when it is augmenting or elevating human ability. And I think as this happens, the future ready organizations will see that talent blueprint expand and shift into equal parts. And when I say equal parts, one third, one third, one third. And I think it is going to be the specialist, deep expertise, right, 33%, having robotic solutions for about 33%, and transactional work still being about 33%. In other words, businesses will typically need more people, not less, but the type of work being done will change. The goal should be to equip existing people with the skills they need to move into the future we are already seeing new roles emerging as digital transformation is accelerated and we anticipate these roles not only becoming more common but becoming even more nuanced as they evolve in the future i'll give you some examples right we have seen a growing demand from business advisors who can uh, uh find ways to optimize inventory and working capital we are seeing a huge demand for data scientists who analyze data and find new ways to extract value tech engineers ai cloud security who continue to scale and you know advance the mature of capability maturity of capabilities for example this diverse team working together will create an algorithm to predict which vendor will pay and when. So the future of work from current wherever you are, I think it looks between a mix and I think probably a very equal mix of specialist robotic solutions and transactional talent trying to deliver immense and very differentiated value and experience you know, uh, in the coming world, Frank.
1: Well, you know, we see um a lot of change it's funny that you should mentioned uh as it relates to people equal thirds Um, we have a equal thirds formula as well we say that um, everything to do with remote work is a combination of people place and technology and that the only thing that ever changes is the ratios that you use those things in uh and the and and, and so it, it we liken it to making bread you know flour water and salt okay you can make a thousand ten thousand types of bread with only two or three or four ingredients and so we look at at our industry and we look at um, uh, what future of work issues is being very simple just adjusting of the ratios uh and and the timing that we apply those things um so i i i think that you and I would be very much aligned in in where things are going, but I'm curious, um, how do you see the physical side of this? We've talked a lot about the people side, and we've talked a lot about um, what's important to the individuals, to the group, uh, to the enterprise, people-wise. Uh, we've talked a bit about technology as a driver for change in all of that. But we haven't talked a lot about the place and maybe how those things will come together. Uh, changes uh, in facilities, aside from uh, the initial discussion about innovation centers, a uh, place being an innovation center. Um, we think that we'll be dealing in a virtual reality environment. In fact, I've been working with a headset, an Oculus uh, headset, on and off for last month uh, with a group over in Germany, and we we meet and we do our, our, all of our business in a virtual environment uh, that's very, very interesting. It looks like we're in a, a total game world, uh, and a good one at that. Uh, it, it's not, not really terrible avatars. It's some pretty good stuff. Uh, I think that we're going to be changing the way we work to where you and I would be in the same room virtually, you and I would be, whether it's holographically or whether it's using avatar structures, um, and we would be much more immersive in the technology that would, would create place as opposed to going to place. What's your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, I completely agree with you, Frank. I think, you know, uh, the, when you talk about the physical sites and everything else, I think we will have the, the virtual re- reality absolutely coming into the play. Even the, you know, look at it from an employee life cycle, right? Whether it is reaching out to the candidates, you know, having your first initial discussions and the interviews, how we onboard them, how we train them. How we get them on the job training? How do we ensure that the work gets delivered? All this life cycle, the experiences will change. And you'll see a lot more what was being done in a physical way being done remotely. And we are already leading the way, You know, even within Accenture, right? Miss, the way we are kind of defining some of this stuff around the employee life cycle or the experiences or the customer how we onboard recently we we onboarded uh, we were having some you know a massive exercise of uh, you know uh, uh, taking over some of the centers uh, and some people in different locations we did virtual onboarding of 7000 people oh yeah welcoming onboarding and everything else everything through technology through the virtual stuff and all the different stacks of technology being deployed. And it was a flawless experience, you know, from a from an employee perspective. And employee experience is important as we go in this journey, Frank,
1: No, I think it's a- actually what the critical driver. Again, I think everything is driven needs-wise from the bottom up. And that our only job as leading enterprises, if you will, is to provide resources and services to that group. Um, That's our job is to to make sure they're smart. They're they're smarter than we are, generally. Uh, All we have to do is make sure they have all the tools and and the creative right. And I think that's where a lot of companies fail. They they don't give their teams the creative right to individually make decisions in the past. And I think that's one of the explosive changes that we've seen in this pandemic is that individuals now make decisions, not necessarily committees. Uh, I have to do this. I have to do this right now. I'm working remotely. There's nobody else to talk to. Here's what I'm going to do. And what that does in companies, in my view, accelerates everything. Uh, Every time you have to ask someone to make a decision, you slow it down. Every time you make your own decision, you speed it up. And I think that's something that we're learning right now.
0: You know, because I, I would say, you know, if I were to kind of summarize what you just mentioned, right, is a fact that I think employees become more empowered. Employees probably have much more, uh, uh, I would say, bigger picture around a process view rather than a task view. Earlier, they were given tasks to accomplish and tasks to be completed. Now they're looking at a process. Uh, and they are able to control the different variables of the process and they're trying to take charge of that. So I think it is a, it is a lot of goodness uh, in some of the stuff uh, around this with a view where probably they feel much more empowered, they feel much more accomplished, they feel much more accountable for the process rather than the task that were being thrown at them earlier.
1: I think it makes it more fun too. I mean, you know, from a practical point of view, you know, being empowered is important, and making your decisions is important, and, uh feeling that you have purpose is important. But if it's not fun, forget it. Yeah, exactly. who, who, wants to do that? who wants that job? I, I don't. Uh, and, and so I think that this is something that uh, we uh, all have to be watching for, is to keep the joy in work, not just the uh, the changes and driving and striving, but we, we all have to find a certain level of joy in what we do.
0: Uh, I think, uh, I'll give a comment on that one, right? Uh, our, uh, we started on this big journey, right? Around, uh, automation and some of the other stuff, and it got accelerated during the pandemic, but our philosophy is right. You know, remove anything or remove or eliminate anything that is measurable repeatable predictable, or transactional in nature should not be done by human beings they should only do interesting work which robots cannot do right and that is one of the big shifts uh, to frank to your point around you know changing the orientation towards fun joy interesting work uh you know and i think that is kind of taking place as we speak
1: well you, you know it, it, it's I I don't know if this makes the point or not that you're you're working for, but we were working with a company uh, uh, and they uh, do a lot of machining work, a lot of milling and machining work, Uh, and they're replacing um, the machine operators on the floor with some with some robotic machining structures. And what they came to us for was to set up virtual offices for the people that were running the cnc software to make the robots work and those people could be anywhere in the world they had the talent and those people had a much better skill set and a much better compensation structure overall and most of the people that they were choosing though initially was to your other point, were people that were being retrained to run the CNC software of to manage the robot rather than stand there all day long feeding the metal through the lathe. Um, so their upskilling was very strong and they were able to do it remotely and they were able to get rid of some of the tedium of the work and the physical aspect of the work and they were able to do it from multiple locations 24-7 instead of eight-hour shifts. Uh, so this is a, to your point, more jobs, upskilling, a uh, higher quality work environment, better compensation, robotically managed, all of those things coming together in that one example. You know, so I, I, I think that 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 is a driver. Uh, the, the other thing that you mentioned and I think that's critical is that we uh, uh, have a mantra around data. It's get the data. Data becomes information which transforms the knowledge which allows action. So get the data. So if, if we are all data-driven to your point of things that are duplicable, replicable, uh, that, that can be process-driven, If we are all very focused on data as a format, uh, as a process to drive many of these things and every individual within the chain of effort, uh, I think of it as effort as opposed to work, um, then uh, everybody's involved in that data and contributes to it. You really can accelerate the process
0: uh, overall. No, so I think, you know, uh, uh, again, cannot agree more with you, right? I think data is the competitive age advantage that, you know, the organizations should really lean on, right? The importance of having actionable data at your fingertips cannot be overstated. And real time data supporting decisions is the only way for data to translate into Employee productivity for better business outcomes. So that is completely, you know, uh, uh, aligned on that, Frank.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I really think we're there. How do you think? And it's sort of we're running out of time here, but as we we address a last question, how do you think uh, enterprises should address and prepare themselves for the future of work? Um, And what changes and how they deal with people, um, should they be considering to not get left behind?
0: So I think uh, we truly feel that we are already at the beginning of our future workforce, Right, one we anticipated would take place over years. But now it is unfolding very quickly, right? I think where the workforce of the future is being decided right now is different across, you know, industries, but as more hybrid work benefits are realized across them, whether through improving the bottom line or enriching the work culture, this trend is permanent. That is one. Now, what are the things that they should be doing? Right? I always have my you know, uh, famous five on this. Right? First, think big and be willing to go beyond incremental change. Leaders must aim high, Right. then map out the future skills, processes and technology they need to close the gap. So that is one. Think back. Second, put cloud at the core. Knowledge workers can only succeed if they have seamless flow of information to work with. Leaders who are cloud first are able to explore new areas to scale and maximize value. So that is two. Third one, right? And we discussed make data a competitive advantage. So I will not uh, belabor this point because we discussed about it. But data has to be at the center of everything you do. Fourth, automate to augment. And I think I mentioned it. It's very important when looking at the bigger picture to scale automation, AI, and you know integrated solutions with leading practices. Just don't do it for the sake of productivity. It is around quality, c- consistency, customer experience, employee experience, right? Today, only twenty percent of what can be automated actually is. Meaning, we are missing an important, uh, you know, opportunity to drive new sources of value. Finally, you know, create an agile workforce and all the complementary ecosystem relationships to enable your organization to flex and adapt to demand changes and market disruption. So those are my, you know, uh, the the five uh, things, Frank. You know, as we go into this uh, uh, into this journey of future.
1: Well, that's a, a pretty darn good list. But I, I'll, I'll ask one one final question that relates to that. Um, a lot of what you've said, a lot of what we discussed about, really relate to uh, uh, larger enterprises. Um, uh, yet, business is of all sizes and we know that a massive amount of every economy comes from small companies uh mom and pop shops as we call them um do you think that the changes that we're talking about apply equally or maybe even more to the smaller organizations and that the smaller organizations who are able to move faster in with change Will be the leaders into the future of work or do you think it will be a top-down structure where the larger enterprises make the investment that defines how things can be done creates technologies with a trickle-down theory that will help the smaller
0: companies so great question (laughs) something very close to my heart right Uh, you know about the topic and i will say why i say this smaller businesses when we talked about all the accelerated compressed transformation, right? That is for the big businesses. Smaller businesses ability to change is much, much bigger than the big corporations. There, they have got silos, functions, uh, consensus building and everything else, right? Whereas when we are talking about small businesses, there's I think the compressed transformation becomes super compressed transformation for them and I think they should not wait for the big companies to change, they should actually lead the way because for them it is much more easier, much more easier to really make a difference and see the tangible outcomes in months, in days. Whereas you know the big corporations might take some time to kind of get themselves organized, structured, and everything else. So I think the ability to disrupt in small businesses is even much more frank uh, in the smaller businesses. All the things that I mentioned probably are more applicable, uh, you know, uh, uh, to the smaller businesses, right? Uh, because the bigger businesses will take time to kind of uh, uh, to really plan out the super compressed uh, transformation.
1: Well, no, I think you're right. I I was chatting with the strategic, the head of strategic planning for a major global 50 company the other day, who just happens to be an old friend from from years ago. And uh, he was indicating that um, it would take them five years to make this migration. Um, And I was saying, gosh, we made this migration between uh, January of 2020 and February of 2020 uh what what's wrong with you you know and and it is it's 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 a turning a big ship takes time Um, uh, if you're in a speedboat, you can do a lot of things but if you're on a tanker that it it does take a lot of time so we're going to see I think a lot of the innovation again I'm going to go from back to my bottom up theory I think the innovation that large companies will see and that, uh, large consulting groups and, and, uh, that drive many of the decisions in large companies will be discovered, uh, at the bottom, uh, of, of the, the food chain, so to speak uh, size wise, and that those things, those discoveries will migrate upward as opposed to the trickle down theory that we generally see in critical mass manufacturing and things of that nature.
0: So no, I completely aligned, Frank. You know, and I, 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 I tell you, you know, I'll tell you about this conversation. Some of the examples that you have used, you know, uh, uh, I think they really collaborated with the with the, the way we are thinking. Uh, so it's somewhere it all got tied in. So uh, great. Well, example.
1: then hop, hop on a plane and come on over for dinner.
0: <laughs> we'll do that next time. <laughs> you know,
1: we're ready? We're ready. Well, we're running out of time, Manaj, uh, I'm really sorry. Uh, uh, to have to end this conversation, but if people should want to know more about what you do at Accenture or what Accenture is doing, uh, that might be beneficial to them, how should they reach out and where, where can they go to, to, to find this information and to reach out to your team or to the correct team inside of Accenture?
0: Yeah, so I think you know uh, uh, we have a great uh, you know a place to go, which is our website, with you know very interactive, highly uh, educative. In fact, it is fun to go through the stuff and what we are doing, how we do, and a lot is explained in that. So I will certainly you know uh, encourage folks to go to uh, Accenture.com and I think kind of look at it. It is uh, this thing and reach out to you know me, uh, my team, anytime, Right, uh, we're very available to discuss to brainstorm to ideate uh, to innovate to deliver in whatever form we you know people folks need help so uh, absolutely available frank
1: Vanish, well, it's been wonderful chatting with you i hope to meet you soon uh, um, uh the dinner invitation is always open uh and uh, if if uh, we can't meet in chicago or newport beach maybe we can meet in mumbai
0: uh, <laughs> i will do
1: that. That
0: would do as well it. enjoy the discussion thank you
1: we we'll look forward to it thank you so much
0: If it's impacting the future of work, it's in the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. Are you ready?